morning, Kavanaugh. We'd like to invite you to stand and join with us as we sing. Amen, amen. Hey, I invite you to still remain standing. It's good to see everybody. How's everyone doing? Good, good. I want you guys to be up on your feet, on your toes, be hyped just as much as I am about this service. All right, it's so good to see you guys. Everyone have a good past week? 
Awesome, awesome. I don't know about you guys, but school has officially started for most people. Raise your hand if you had someone in your household going to a public school, school of any kind. Anybody, anybody. Yes, for those of you raising your hands, you are the parents and you're like, yes, the TV finally to myself. Anyway, it's good to see you all. Very glad that you are here and uh, in God's house today, ready to come and worship and receive God's word together. All right, so I want to invite us all right now to just bow our heads and close our eyes, and we're going to ask God's blessing for our service. Amen. Dear, dear Lord, we love you. And again, so thank you so much for bringing us back together here in this place. I know for many of us, uh, our lives are just so different. All right, we're different people, got different things going on. Um, our, especially with this past week, a lot of new busyness coming up with the new school year and everything. And sometimes busyness brings in different uh, stresses, different anxieties, to, brings new responsibilities, God. And Lord, I'm so thankful for the privileges that you give us to be your people out in this world, God. But God, I'm asking for peace today. I'm, I'm asking for us to be able to come here together and, and refocus uh, our eyes on you and to put all distractions aside. Lord, help us to receive your word today. Help us to just bring in what you want us to learn and know. And as Brother Will brings the message, open our hearts and prepare us as your people. So thankful that we can be here today, that we have the freedom to be able to come to this place and to be able to worship freely and to celebrate what you've done for us, God. Help us to always remember how good you are. And Lord, through your message today, help us to see that in your name. Amen. Let's continue to worship.
appreciate them. Uh, there, is, there is no other name like the name of Jesus. It is a powerful name. And the Bible tells us there will come a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My suggestion is you need to do that today. With your mouth, you need to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that on that day when he looks at you, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in to the kingdom of God, all right? So uh, that's our challenge for today. You bet. Glad you're here. Welcome to the Lord's house. Last week, I preached from Joshua chapter 14, and after the message was over, Lord kind of started talking to my spirit and said, hey, Will, why don't you just hang out in the book of Joshua until y'all get in the new building? Now, we don't know when we're going to get in that new building, if it's just going to be a, a month or, or, or six weeks or maybe two months, but between now and then, we're going to hang out in the book of Joshua, all right? And we're actually going all the way back to the first chapter today and starting Joshua chapter 1. This series I've, I've decided to call Building Tomorrow Today. The book of Joshua is all about building for the Israelites' future. They were going into the new land to conquer the land, to build cities of their own, and to eat of the fruit of the land. They were building their future, but they were doing it that day. Church, we're building tomorrow. We're building tomorrow's church, but we're doing it today. And so it brings us to Joshua chapter 1. I told the people in first service, uh, I love this segment of scripture. Every new year, I read Joshua chapter 1. I've probably preached a dozen sermons from Joshua chapter 1. In fact, when I came here 24 years ago, this was one of the first passages that I preached from. Just love this passage. Today, we're going to look at it from a different perspective. My sermon is entitled, Next Man Up. And here it is, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, all the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, all of this land shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you 
wherever you go. Amen. What a great passage of Scripture. Lord Jesus, as I try to preach this on the outside, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak it into our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, a few years ago, I was golfing at Ben Garen. I don't golf much anymore, but I was out golfing several years ago. And I ran into a preacher. Uh, he's an older guy, and we played nine holes together. And as we were playing golf, he said to me, You know, Will, I have buried a couple of pretty good-sized churches. Now, when he said that, I was trying to putt, and so I really wasn't paying too much attention to what he said. But I misinterpreted what he said. I thought he was talking about really how sorry of a pastor he was and that he had literally killed two churches. But that's not at all what he meant. What he meant was this, I have been pastoring this same church for so long, probably about 40 years, and through those years, he had buried so many people that it would fill up two pretty good-sized churches, okay? You know what? That's just reality, though. If, if you are a pastor and you stay in a church for an extended period of time, you're going to bury a lot of people. I've been at Kavanaugh 24 years, and we have buried a lot of good people. I mean, just this past year, we have had some stellar saints of God, some men and women who really have given their entire lives to the kingdom of God in building this church. We've lost them. And you know what? It, it hurts me when we lose good people. It, 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 really, it really does. It, it, it bothers me. It, it weighs heavy on my soul. But, but I know this, when God promotes his saints to heaven, he also supplies us with new leaders. I want you to look at how this passage starts, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is Now that sounds like bad news, doesn't it? Moses is dead. Do you guys remember Moses? I mean, Moses was the man who stood in front of the Pharaoh of Egypt, the most powerful man in the world at that time, and demanded that God's people be set free. He is the one who called down the plagues on Egypt. He is the one who with his staff parted the Red Sea. He met with God on top of Mount Sinai. He led the people through the wilderness for 40 years. But Moses is dead. What in the world are we going to do? Moses is dead. Who's going to lead us? Moses is dead. We might as well turn this big train around and just go back to Egypt. Maybe you've heard the names of these two brothers, John and Charles Wesley. Have you, have you heard of John and Charles Wesley? Lived years ago. John was a great preacher who preached all through England and then up and down the coast of America. His brother Charles wrote over 9,000 hymns in his life. Uh, one that comes to my mind was, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. God used these two brothers, John and Charles, to ignite the movement of gospel preaching and holy living that's lasted some 280 years. Way back in 1876, a monument was erected in their memory in Westminster Abbey. At the base are the words of Charles Wesley, and here's what he said. God buries his workmen, 
but God carries on his work. Hmm. You know, that could be the theme for Joshua chapter 1. God's workers die, but God's work goes on. Moses is dead. Hello, Joshua. You know, football coaches have, have a phrase they like to say, next man up, next man up. And here's what next man up means. If you're sitting on the bench, you need to stay engaged in what's going on on the field. You need to keep your eyes on the players. You need to keep your heart in the game. Quit looking at the cheerleaders and watch what's happening on the field. Because you know what? At any moment, one of those starters could go down and you could be the next man up. You could be the next person in the game. So you know what? You need to stay engaged. You need to be ready. Moses is dead. Joshua, you're the next man up. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Joshua's background. He is called Joshua the son of Nun. That, that didn't mean he, he didn't have a father. It's not N-O-N-E. It's N-U-N. That was, that was his daddy's name, the son of Nun. We know that he came from the tribe of Ephraim. We know that his name means Jehovah saves. Joshua means what? Jehovah saves. He spent 40 years as Moses' number one assistant. His name is synonymous with Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. They were two of the 12 spies that Moses sent out from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And remember from last week, they were the only two who came back and gave a favorable report. All the other 10 said, we can't do it. It was just Joshua and Caleb who said, oh, yes, we can. Now, we know that Caleb was about 40 years old when he was sent out from Kadesh Barnea. We're assuming that Joshua was somewhere around that age, maybe a few years younger. So when Joshua's book begins, when this passage of Scripture opens, we can assume that Joshua was somewhere around 65 to 85 years old. Now, I don't know what that says to you, but this is what it says to me. It doesn't matter your age. You can be young or you can be old. But if you are willing, God can use you. Amen? Isn't that good? If you're willing, God can use you. I know he did this man named Joshua. Above anything else, Joshua was a soldier. Man, he knew how to lead, he knew how to fight, and he knew how to win. He must have been a brilliant tactician because he led the Jewish nation into a long series of victories over the Canaanites, and it all began with that victory at Jericho, which was brilliant. I mean, it was brilliant. He was not as famous as Moses, but that's no criticism, because he served God just as Moses did. Moses walked with God in a way that Joshua couldn't. But you know what? That's okay. Because Joshua won battles that Moses couldn't fight. Hmm. Somebody say, that's good. Because that is pretty cool, man. The people of God are now facing a big question. Here we are, Joshua chapter 1. It begins with these words, Moses is dead. So here's the big question. What's going to happen now? Our leader's gone. What do we do now? 
But you know what? Behind that is a larger theological question they had to answer. Can we still trust God? You know what? Every one of us has to answer that question for ourselves. Can God still be trusted? Every generation has to answer that question. Can we trust God in this new situation? Can we trust God when so much has changed? Can I still trust God when my spouse is gone? Can I still trust God when our leaders have left us? You you see, every generation has to answer the question, can we still trust God today? Now, I've given a whole lot of thought to this, and it comes out of this. It really doesn't matter what I say to you today. Now, that doesn't give you a a free pass not to listen, okay? You you need to keep listening. But it really doesn't matter what I say because you know what? Every one of you, every one one of you, you're going to have to come to the Jordan River yourself, and you're going to have to answer that question on your own. Can I still trust God? Can I trust God today like I trusted him yesterday? Is God still trustworthy? You've got to answer that today. Now, with that in mind, I want to take us through the the steps to claiming our future, the the steps of building today, tomorrow. Uh, Let's see what happened in this passage for the children of Israel because it applies to you no matter where you are in life's journey today. Step number one, you've got to let go of the past. Okay? If you want to claim the future God has for you, you've got to let go of the past. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go, man. Not only do you need to say that, you need to do it. You need to let it go. Look at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River. Answer me this riddle. Is it a bad thing that Moses is dead? The answer is no, because you know what? Moses did his job. Moses served God in his generation, and when his work was done, God took him home. You know what? That is the normal order of things. Nobody lives forever. When you're done, God is going to take you home. Some leaders must go so that others can rise up. Now, it's okay to miss the past. Do you ever miss anything in your past? I tell you, I miss a few cars I had. Sometimes I kick myself, why did I sell that? Why did I get rid of that vehicle? Man, I wish I still had that motorcycle. Here's the deal. It's okay to miss the past, but don't miss the future because you're hanging on to the past. You need to let it go. Here's a series of simple statements that, that I call the first law of spiritual progress. It goes like this. Number one, I can't go back. Neither can you. Number two, I can't stay right where I'm at. And then number three, I've got to go forward. Now, doesn't this just make sense to us? No, number one, we, we can't go back. You, you can't go back to the past. You can't go back and relive all of those good times, or you can't go back and undo all the mistakes that you've made. You can't do it. The past is the past. It's yesterday. It's gone. You need to leave it behind. Keep, quit keeping dragging all that junk along with you because you know what it stinks and it makes you stink 
I can't go back and change anything. So just let it go. And you know what? You can't stay where you are at either. Life is like a river, and it just keeps on flowing. It doesn't matter whether you're happy in your present situation or whether you seek deliverance from your present situation. You can't stay where you are forever. The only way to go is forward. And so when you're tempted to despair, remember you can't go back, you can't stay where you're at, so by God's grace, you need to move forward one step at a time. <clears throat> told the first service people, and anyway, the first service said to tell you hi. <laughs> there's, some, there's some good folks in that first service. I get to practice on them. You know, I, I preach this to them and, and to get to practice on them and then change a few things and they, they tell me when, when they walk out, now you really need to emphasize this for this second service because I know those <laughs> rascals. And they, I, I told the first service, there, there, are, there are times in my preaching when I just, I cannot express to you what's going on in my heart. Okay, the, 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 they're, they're just, there are not adequate words to tell you what I'm thinking and feeling. And, and right here is one of those times. I, I, I cannot express to you what God has done to me this past week thinking about this point. Here's what God wants you to hear. And, and, and please understand when I say this, I'm saying it from my heart. Hear it from my heart. God is telling some of you in this room, he told me there's a third of you, and you know I'm not getting into God speaking, but the number God keeps putting in my heart, there's a third of the people at Kavanaugh who really need to hear this will, so really let it, say it clearly and plain. You need to let go of your past. There are some of you in this room that are held in a prison by your past. And you can't go on and become the, the person or the parent or the church member that God wants you to be because you're locked in your past. And you need to let it go, man. Yes, you made a mistake. Yes, you goofed up. But here's the promise. If you have asked God to forgive you and cleanse you, he has. He's not holding it against you at all anymore. He's put it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. So why do you keep going back there? You're free today. Let the past go. Let it go. Some of us are, are pretty bad at holding on to past successes, though, too. And we want to live in those past successes. We, we want to go back and just relive that. You know, Put, put that behind you. Yeah, you, you, you may have done something great, but you know what? That's in the past too. You need to do something great today. Something new today. I think first service I said something about trying to relive your life through your kids too, didn't I, Nathan? And that's never a good idea. So let that past go. Let that past go. You can't be the person God wants you to be today if you're living in the past. Step number two, you ready for step two? Let's move forward. <laughs> Let's just move forward. Look at verse two. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give you to all the children of Israel. And then the following verses talk about the extent of the land God promised to his people. 
Now, guys, listen. God never intended for his people to have just a little toehold in the Middle East. God gave them the whole land. He said, every place that your foot is set, I am going to give you that land. He wanted to have a great nation there that stretched from the Negev, that is the desert, all the way up to Lebanon, from the Euphrates River all the way over to the Great River. Again, in verse 3, he said, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And if they didn't take possession of the land, it wasn't God's fault because God said, I'm already giving it to you. All you have to do is go and take it. Now, that's quite a promise. That's a huge promise. But it came with a huge challenge as well. For the moment, let's just focus on what they had to do first. First thing they had to do is cross the Jordan River. And it is at flood stage at this time of year. But what's on the other side of that river? Yeah, the promised land, but coupled with that, the enemy. Remember 40 years ago, the reason they didn't go over there is because giants lived in the land. And the giants were still there. They crossed the river at a spot not far from Jericho. Jericho had double walls around the city that went up to the sky. Man, what a picture in their mind reminding them that, you know what? God has given us the land, but we're going to have to fight to obtain everything God has promised to us. You know what? That is not unusual at all. When Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthians, he referred to a situation in Ephesus. And here's what he said. A great door for effective work has been opened to me, but there are many who oppose me. Isn't that the case? Opportunity and enemies often go together. I like the saying, the door of opportunity swings on the hinges of opposition. And here's the message to God's people. You're standing there on the wrong side of the Jordan River. You're standing there, but all the action is on the other side of the river. You're standing there, but the miracles begin when you step into the water. You're standing there, but God is calling you to move forward. And what God said to his people back then, he's saying to you today. Listen, Kavanaugh, he's saying this to us today. If we want to see God work, if we want to see God move, if we want to see God do great things in our life, in our family, and in our church, we are going to have to step into the water. We are going to have to take a step of faith and move forward, knowing that as we go, God is going to be with us. And that brings me to the third step. Step number three, you need to affirm the promise of God. I love verse 5. Man, I could, I could camp out in verse 5 for a long time. No one will be able to stand against you, Joshua, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Read this last part with me. I will never leave you. What a promise. Isn't that a great promise? And as you think about this amazing promise, don't overlook that little phrase, as I was with Moses. Now, Joshua knew all about Moses because 
Joshua had been Moses' right-hand man for a long time. Moses. He, he was the first, the man, that there was. I mean, and he was. He was the man. Remember Moses standing against Pharaoh? I said this earlier, and I don't know if it sunk in with you. At that time, Pharaoh was the most powerful man in the world. But here is Moses, the man of God, coming face to face with the Pharaoh of Egypt, and he said to him, let God's people go. In defiance, Pharaoh said, I don't know you, and I don't know your God, and I'm not going to let these slaves go. And so he said it again. Let God's people go. Pharaoh said, no. You know what happened next? All the plagues fell on the land of Egypt, boils and darkness and hail. The water turned into blood. I think my favorite was the frogs. You know, can you imagine frogs everywhere? I need to preach this sermon. There's a sermon that needs to be preached by me sometime. One more night with the frogs. Because after these frogs had covered the land, Pharaoh called Moses in and said, take the frogs away. And Moses says, well, I will. When do you want me to pray for you? He said, tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Why in the world would he spend one more night with the frogs? I, you know, I don't understand that. But, but his heart didn't change. He just became more hard-hearted. And finally, the last plague came. That was the death angel who, who came across the land and killed every firstborn living creature. The only people who escaped that, Freddie, were those who had the blood applied to the doorpost of their house. Hang on to that. The blood applied. It was the blood that saved them. And after the firstborn of every living creature, including their own children, died, only then did Pharaoh grudgingly relent. Then when the people of God were trapped at the Red Sea, what did the man do? He pulled out his staff and he touched the water and the sea parted and God's people walked across on dry land. Let me tell you, he was the man. The man went on top of the mountain and spent time with God. He saw God. His, he came down and his face radiated. It shined because he had seen the presence of God. He had put a veil over his face. But you know what happened up on that mountain? God gave him some stone tablets that with his own finger, God had etched the Ten Commandments on. Moses was the man. Did you know that during those 40 years, their shoes never wore out? Now, I think that's pretty cool. For, for you ladies, it would be crazy. You had to wear the same shoes for 40 years without <laughs> buying a new pair. But that, that's pretty cool. They never wore out. It was because of Moses. For 40 years, they never ran out of food. For 40 years, they never lost a battle. Moses, you're the man. But now Moses is dead. Will God be with Joshua just like he was with Moses? Answer is yes. Why? Because God gave him a promise. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It, come on, people. That's great. But did you know the same promise applies to you today? 
If the blood has been applied, if Jesus has become your Savior, if God is your Father, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, if the blood is on your heart, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So you know what? It really doesn't matter what we face. Ken, it doesn't matter what we face every day. And we face a lot of tough things, don't we? Life is tough. Just ask the believers in Afghanistan today. Even living for Jesus can be tough. But you know what? As tough as it is, God's with us. Our strength comes from him. So bring it on, devil. Uh, You might want to be careful if you really say that. Because he will bring it on. But you know what? Even if he does, it's okay because God makes us his promise. Just as I was with Moses, just as I was with Joshua, just as I was with David or Paul or John, I am with you. Amen. And that brings us to the final point, the final step. And all God's people said, man, when I say the final, you know, I said that first service and nobody said anything. It's just quiet. It's kind of like, no, we don't want to be finished. Keep preaching, preacher. But y'all didn't do that. (laughs) Y'all said, yeah, come on. Give me that final point. Step number four, choose the hard road of obedience. Now, this this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. And this is where it gets tough. But notice where we're coming from. Look at verses six through nine. He said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, everybody's got to read it. If it's underlined, read it. There we go. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be... And... That's pretty cool. Have I not commanded you? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Three times God tells Joshua... Be strong. Be courageous. Now, no doubt Joshua felt overwhelmed. I mean, he's following a legend. (laughs) He's following the man as the leader of God's people. So knowing all of his doubts, the Lord tells him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, buddy, because I am going to be with you wherever you go. But there's a catch here. Are you with me? There's a catch here. He gives him this great promise, and it is a great promise, right? Agree with me. It's a great promise. But along with the promise, there is a condition. Joshua and the people must be careful to obey all the law that Moses gave to them. Now, for these people, that law included the the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. For us, it's the whole Bible. If we are going to be successful and if we are going to prosper, we must obey all of God's word. 
command is real simple through this passage. Verse number 7, know the Word of God. Verse number 8, talk about God's Word. Verse number 8, meditate on God's Word. Verse number 8, obey God's Word. This is what we are to do. Know it, talk about it, think about it, obey it. Know it, talk about it, think about it, obey it. Know it, talk about it, meditate on it. Obey it. There's a phrase in these verses, be careful to obey all the law. Now, I, I suppose we could flip that around and say, unless we are careful to obey, we will find reasons not to obey. Because nobody just drifts into holiness by accident. Nobody becomes godly without personal effort. No, if you're going to be holy and godly, it is. look at me, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take devotion. It's going to take a whole lot of hard work. You're going to have to walk down that difficult road of obedience. It, it, it's kind of like saying, be careful to stay on your diet. Because you know what? If you're not careful... You're not going to stay on your diet. You're going to ditch your diet. If you're not careful and you're not disciplined, you're going to fall off the wagon the very first day. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, that's, that's a hard saying, preacher. Yeah, it is pretty hard. But you know what? It, it is not a drudgery. It's not a heavy burden. You, you weigh it out. Here it is. You obey everything God tells you to do, okay? And if you do that, you will be prosperous and successful. Now, guys, y'all know me. You, you know I'm not one of those prosperity preachers. But here's what I do believe. You, you do what God tells you to do in his word, he's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. He's going to be with you. Now, you may not have everything that you want, but you know what? You probably don't need those things anyway. If you're obedient to God's word and you trust him and you obey him, then you know what? You are going to be prosperous and you are going to have great success in the things God wants you to do. So let's tie all this up in a, in a pretty little bundle this morning. Here's my admonition to you. Be strong and courageous. You be strong and courageous. And let me apply that to 21st century application. Number one, when we let go of our past, we are set free to pursue God's vision for our future. When we let the past go, then we can become everything God wants us to be. Number two, when we lead with courage, others are going to follow our example. And let me tell you, we need some leaders to step up. America needs some leaders to step up. This city needs leaders. To, this church needs leaders. to. Step, and when you step up to lead, others will follow. Number three, when we dare to trust and obey, when we put our foot in the Jordan River, miracles start to happen. So be strong and courageous. Look at your neighbor say, be strong. And then the neighbors say, be courageous. The neighbor didn't say it. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Or, or let me tell you the way my hero, John Wayne, put it. Courage is being scared to death 
but still saddling up. And if you don't like John Wayne, how about Billy Graham? You got to love Billy Graham. He said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand of faith, the spines of others are often stiffened, and they'll take a stand of faith as well. Moses is dead, but God is still alive. Hello, Joshua. You're the next man up. God's workers die, but God's work goes on. And we need you. You are the next man up. You are the next woman up. So step up to the plate. Ken, take a good grip and swing for the fence, man. God needs you. Can I tell you something? Your family needs you. So let's put the past behind us. Let's by faith follow God's future. Let's affirm the promise that he is with us and he's going to help us. And more than anything, let's trust and obey him. Your family needs you. This church needs you. We've buried some good leaders of Kavanaugh Church. We, we have buried most of the people who have, from the foundation, built this church. Brother Ray Copeland's our primetime pastor. Ray's not here today. He had back surgery this past week. And Brother Johnny, our children's pastor, had back surgery this week. They're both recovering today. Pray for them. Pray they get back on their feet. Get strengthened. We need them back. But Ray's been here a long time. He came to the church, I think, in 1976. And, and he has said to me recently on more than one occasion, he says, Preacher, I'm really concerned. We've lost the, the pillars of Kavanaugh. We've, we've lost the men and women who built this church. And we need to see some young leaders rise up to the occasion. And I would agree with Ray 100%. We've lost some good people. But you know what? I'm looking right now. I'm looking... I'm looking. It's hard to see up there, but I'm looking. I see you. Just give me a chance because I'm looking. Hang with me. And I see some good people. I see some men and women, young teenagers that love God. I see some people who are willing to take that step, march up to the plate, and give it all they got. God needs you. Your family needs you. This country needs you. And your church needs you. Will you be the leader that God wants you to be? Heavenly Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that for those who need to come and receive the gift of salvation would come and be saved. Lord, if there's anybody in this room that's away from you, I pray that they would come home to you, Lord. But Lord, for all of us, may we hear your call in our ear and heart this morning. May we hear the call from God, you're the next man up.
And dear Lord, may we take that step of faith. May we put our foot in the Jordan River. May we step out in faith, affirming the promise of God. And dear Lord, may we take that step of, of leadership in our homes and in our church so that we can be the people you've called us to be. Lord, you're, you're calling us today. May we come to the altar and just give you our all. Lay it out on the altar and say, here I am, Lord, use me. Work in our lives. For those who just need to come and pray, give them freedom to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. As soon as you stand up, if, if God is calling you to come and pray, would you? Come and make that good visit to Come and pray. One word God, the Lord most high. You hidden us, dear Lord, to affirm the name of Jesus in our own hearts. Lord, help us to become the people you've called us to be and the leaders that our church, our family, and our nation needs. Lord, as you call, may we hear. Help us to stand in the gap, Lord, be the person you want us to be. Thank you, dear Lord, for our church. Please raise up new leaders at Kavanaugh Church that will take us into tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Right before I let you go, let me read a card that I just received. It says to the Kavanaugh Church family, thank you uh, to each one of you that had a part in Brother James's funeral. He loved each one of you so very much. Thanks to all that prepared, uh, that prayed for him, sent cards, texts, and calls. Thanks to the church for the wonderful meal provided for the family. 
Thanks for the flowers, donations, and those Bibles donated to Gideon Ministry. James was a quiet man and didn't get involved much, but he truly loved this church. Again, thanks to all, Miss Glenda. Glenda, we love you, and we're praying for you. Hang in there, sister. Hang in there. When you leave today, make sure that you drop your offering in one of those black boxes, or you can give online. And let me just say again, thank you for supporting your church ministry. At 6.30 tonight, uh, we're going to have Bible study at Facebook. Nathan's teaching the lesson, so tune into that. Then 7 o'clock Wednesday, everybody look at me. Everybody's going to be in here Wednesday. I think the little kids, they're going to have class. But from teenagers on up, we're all in here, and we have a young lady by the name of Abby Walker who has answered God's call to be a missionary to Japan. Uh, she's a, a beautiful young lady, just graduated from Welch College, and uh, she is going to Japan to give her life in service to the Japanese people. So be here Wednesday night. She's got a wonderful presentation. You're going to be able to love on her, get to know her, and support her ministry as she goes to Japan. Isn't that cool? I think it's fantastic. So be here Wednesday night. Also this Saturday morning, if you're a guy, male gender, raise your hand. Not ashamed of it. You're a guy. We got a prayer breakfast for you, 7.30 a.m. Uh, Stacy asked him first service, what are, what are we eating? He said, gravy is involved. So you know what? If you're a guy and there's gravy, it's going to be heaven, right? So be sure and come 7.30 Saturday morning. I want you to know that, that I love you, the staff loves you, but most of all, God loves you. So go out there and hit you a home run for the Lord, all right? You're dismissed. <laughs>